We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Miss something from the Todd Feinberg Show? Listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast. Here we are, Thursday afternoon already. I had a fascinating lunch today with a guy who, who used to be a congressman and um, a military guy. Fascinating man. I'm not going to tell you his name quite yet because he's got a book coming out, and we'll have him back when his book is out and, and allow him to um, identify himself as who he is and what he wants to say about himself. But... One of the things I wanted to share was that he was an aide to Reagan. And, yeah, in the White House. He was an aide to Reagan in the White House. And I, I've mentioned before that I'm suspicious of Ronald Reagan and, and distrustful of his legacy because I don't understand why he went so easy on the communists. I don't know why he didn't warn us better about the dangers. I don't know why he didn't fight harder. You know, in, in retrospect, he's this affable guy who broke bread with uh, Tip O'Neill. Anyway, remind me, I want to talk to you about this. I do. I want to talk to you about that. This thing with Reagan and uh, some other things that I learned from him today. 860 Joe in Milford, hi. Yes, Joe. Hey, I just wanted to um, give a little insight on the, uh, the story a previous caller was talking about. The Orlando about story? Yeah. I'm sorry? The Orlando story. Correct. Yeah, so the woman, she was running, she's running, she's currently running for office, and uh, she was approached at her home by a ballot harvesting group. And uh, I guess they had a piece of paper, you know, with had, which had a whole bunch of, uh, it was pretty much like a script. A script that they would say. And so she went and took a cop, uh, took it and made a copy of it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I guess the group was, was upset and then, you know, they were threatening her. They came back to her door was threatening her, but the story is on, uh, John Solomon's just the news. It's going to be the full story is going to be on tonight on uh, real America's voice. And okay. Wait a sec. I think I found it. Democrat blows whistle on alleged ballot harvesting scheme. Florida opens criminal probe. That sounds like it, doesn't it? That's it. Yeah. So she, so she, she actually took the the, the the script that they had, went and made a copy, faked 
that she was uh, ripping the paper, you know, to give her back the old one. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I guess it's, there's a current investigation. So this was, let, let me just get the story straight. This was a group that was offering their services to a candidate if they would pay, if the candidate would pay a certain no. unit cost? No. No? They didn't know she was a candidate. Okay. And uh, it was, you know, it, they just thought it was just another uh, person's home they were going to. Okay. And what, what was it they were offering the person money for? Well, they wanted her ballot. Her early voting ballot or her early voting ballot. absentee. Yeah, and how much were they offering her for the ballot? I don't, I, I couldn't tell you that. I'm not sure. Okay. But uh, like I said, the full story is going to be on John Solomon's Just the News tonight. Okay. That's interesting. Right. And how did you hear about it? I heard about it on Rumble. Interesting. All right. Rumble's where I get all my news. Rumble. And of course, and of course, and of course, you and Tom. Well, it's one big Rumble then. <laughs> That's right. Take well, America thank, back. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. And that we must right. do. We must take America back. Have we must one. save it. Joe, appreciate the call. Um. Yeah, this is interesting because I've heard about this stuff from credible sources going on in Connecticut. Uh, Not exactly like this story. I mean, I haven't had a chance to really absorb this story yet. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' new election crimes unit has recommended state police open a full criminal investigation into a Democrat whistleblower's detailed complaint of a long-running, widespread ballot harvesting operation in the African-American communities in politically important central Florida. Former Orange County Commissioner candidate Cynthia Harris filed a sworn affidavit in late August with the Secretary of State's office alleging that illegal operations to collect third-party ballots have been going on for years in the Orlando area where voting activists are paid $10 for each ballot they collect. All right, that sounds like a, that's kind of high, but it's a reasonable high. She described an intricate system funded by liberal-leaning organizations that dispatch ballot brokers into black communities to pressure voters to turn over their ballots. The $10 fee per ballot is divvied up among the parties who help complete the harvesting. The collection and delivery of ballots by third parties is illegal in Florida. So the interesting thing about this is that most of the ideas that I share on the air that I present to you as fact, I know to be fact at this point, but they started out when I first had the ideas. They are just me surmising based on the mathematics of how things work. And I came to the same conclusion with regard to this activity, that this, if you look at the history of Democrats and how hard they work to get absentee ballots and early voting, Why would they care so much about having absentee ballots and early voting? Why is that something they have fought for so relentlessly? Because more early voting means less secure elections. Early voting means less secure elections. When you take control of the ballot, it doesn't have to be that way because early voting can be you just go to your normal voting place, I guess. I mean, there are there are physical locations to vote early. But, but what the Democrats are scheming for is to have paper ballots outside the control, the chain of custody of local election officials. 
That's what they're up to. And why would you have early voting? If you have early voting, you might have it for two or three days so that somebody who's going to be out of town or whatever can just swing by and vote the day before or a couple days before. You know, just lengthen the period of, of voting some short time. But this idea of having voting starting weeks before an election is just nuts. There's no reason why anybody in their right mind would do this. Except if they had nefarious activities in mind. And if we think about what political people do, most of what they do is nefarious. That's how I look at it. Eh? I mean, look at what they've done to the country. How, do you, how can you look at what they've done to the country and not think of it as nefarious? That's how I think of it anyway. So this story is a very interesting story. News from Florida, the Governor Ron DeSantis has a new elections crime unit, and they want to open a full criminal investigation into a Democrat whistleblower's complaint of a widespread ballot harvesting operation that's been going on for a long time in the African-American communities in politically important central Florida. Now, I've heard this goes on in Connecticut cities from credible sources, that if you pay as a candidate, you can pay a certain amount of money per ballot, and they will bring you ballots with uh, signed ballots, legitimately signed ballots, with the votes that you want on them. And why would it not be that way, if you think about it? Because everything Democrats do is an attempt to get cash into the pockets of key constituencies in order to build loyalty. And why not have that cash be a direct payment for the vote? Why have all this other stuff in between? And this was just something I decided years ago was the obvious mathematics of, of where the power lies and what that power dictates. Anyway, it's interesting. A lot of this stuff that the left is doing is, is harder to predict. But the fact that they would pay for individual votes is a natural extension of everything else that they do. It seems to me. Now, this is a story in the Connecticut Examiner. I want you to listen to this video. This is a teacher, supposedly, in the, um, I think it's the Middletown schools. I'll double check. I think it's the Middletown schools. Listen to this. Hang on, let me make sure it's queued up here properly. So these teachers were driving me crazy. They were talking about how kids don't come to class, they won't succeed, blah, 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 blah. So I finally said, well, I skipped two of my math classes in college, and I uh, came for the final, and I got A's, and I'm still your boss. So my bad. My bad. I didn't mean it to sound like that. But don't you get tired of hearing how the things you do as a teenager determine whether you're successful as an adult? I just had to call bullshit. The things you do as a teenager make you have a life so you can understand how successful you're going to be as an adult. And you can correct them or not correct them. Or you could be like me and just don't show up when you don't feel like it. Because when you do show up, you're going to achieve that A+. Because you was a superstar born that way. Ain't nothing you can change that way. And the system that's created ain't necessarily created for people like you. So, I called So, I made a mistake today, and my bad. My bad. All right, so that's uh, hard to understand what she's driving at. A video posted, this is a story in the CT Examiner. It was posted today, I believe. Yes, 1027. A video posted on Facebook on 
Monday by the district's supervisor of mathematics for grades 6 through 12 in Middletown, Yvonne Daniels, has caught the attention of the district administration and prompted complaints from parents, teachers, and staff. The video of Daniels described a conversation with other teachers who she said were discussing the need for students to attend class. According to Daniels, she responded by telling the teachers that she had skipped two of her classes in college, showing up only for the finals, and she still got an A, and I'm still your boss, she said. In other words, as long as you can get a good grade, why should you go to classes? That's the opinion of a woman who is the district supervisor for mathematics, according to the CT Examiner online newspaper in Middletown. The minute-long video appears to question the value of class attendance and whether success as a teenager in school really has any connection to success as an adult. The things you do as a teenager, she says, make you have a life so you can understand how successful you're going to be as an adult. And you can correct them or, or not correct them, she said. Or you could be like me, just don't show up when you don't feel like it because when you do show up, you're going to achieve that A-plus because you're a superstar. I just had to call Bulldung, she said. The video has since been removed from Facebook. Anyway, this is the accusation, or it's a depiction. Maybe it's true, maybe it's not true. But does that ring true for you of what goes on in public school classes? We'll take a quick break and take some phone calls. 860-522-9842. Stay with us on WTIC. It's the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Yeah, it's a gorgeous thing. Everything's gorgeous about our lives, isn't it? We live in this beautiful state. Okay. Okay. They rip us off. But nevertheless, it is a beautiful place. And it is a lovely world. I mean, it's an affluent life we have. Because the, um, you know, the losses haven't hit the fan yet from the economic destruction that the government has inflicted upon us. So we've got to be upbeat and happy and assume that uh, good things are coming our way. Jerry in Naugatuck. Plus, there's an election we're going to win in two weeks. Less than two you, weeks, you Jerry. You better believe it, Tom. That's right. You better believe it. Hey, uh, regarding uh, Reagan, I think it was a little unfair uh, that uh, he wasn't as hard on the communists. I mean, he ruled from 80 to 88. Uh, and, you know, he, he, he did some assault uh, agreements and uh, limitations. Uh, you, you remember... Uh, the SS missiles that the Russians were going to put in Eastern Europe and, and the peaceniks over here were trying to counter it. Oh, yes. You know. No, you're right, Jerry, you know, about that. Allow me to clarify, please. I'm talking about the communists who control the Democratic Party. I, I've, I, have been, I have failed to understand why Reagan didn't foresee that Tip O'Neill, the person was he was dealing with, that, that he would lead to a, an endpoint of where we are today. Well, he always believed communism, he coined the phrase, would end up on the ash heap of history. So I don't think he was worried at that point in time that uh, the communists have had infiltrated the, uh, the, the Democrat Party. 
you know, he was he was uh, working fine along with uh, Tip O'Neill. You know, everything, uh, he had a strong economy. Well, that's what I'm saying. Defense. So this is my critique, Jerry, is that he was he was such a good-hearted person that right. I, I don't think he saw the, the, the natural conclusion of things. So this guy I was with, uh, the guy who used to work in the Reagan White House, and I said this name? to Deaver? him. Michael Deaver? No, it was a different guy, and I can't say his name. Okay. But the... Um, I said this to him, why didn't Ray, why wasn't Reagan t- tougher on them? And he said, what do you mean? I said, well, look at what they've done. You know, they use the public sector unions to destroy the American system of government by, by putting the states into grotesque, unpayable debt. And this is all communism is, is a bankruptcy scheme where they get to transfer all the wealth out of the yep. private sector into the public sector. And he said, oh, I never thought of that. He said, but, but you know, I don't think Reagan thought of that. And that's... That's my point is I think Reagan just couldn't see the the nature of yeah. evil and how big it was domestically. Well, you had other uh, factors involved, too. You had a billionaire, George Soros, mm-hmm. uh, is financing all these radical Democrats, uh, the, you know, using the Alinsky methods, you know, and they're, they're all over the place. You know, even the Chinese have the Confucius uh, centers in these universities. You know, they're 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 like cockroaches. You know. <laughs> well, they are, and that's why you know that's why I'm mistrustful of how we got to where we are. Jerry, thank you for the call. Bill in Middletown next. Hey, Bill. Hey, Todd. How are you? Thanks so, for the call. Just a little backstory mm-hmm. on this uh, math coordinator here in Middletown. Yep. Um. So yeah, the video was posted Monday, and then was taken down Tuesday. I reposted it last night. Um, I, I saved the video and was able to repost it in a parent's forum. Well done. And um, the parents in there are going crazy. Um, we, we've had a lot of trouble in our school district. I, I ran for the Board of Ed the last time around. Um, there's, there won't be able to run again until 23. But we just went through a really bad situation with our previous superintendent and some other employees of the central office. And I was speaking to a couple of teachers last night, and the consensus amongst all of the teachers that I spoke to were, we can't share this video because if we share it, we'll lose our job because she's upper management. Mm-hmm. So we need someone to share the video for us. Okay. So that's where I came in. Um, I, I haven't talked to anybody at central office today. Mm-hmm. Um, I had planned on reaching out tomorrow. Um, but so how right can now, we I mean, how can we put more pressure on the district? It sounds like we could help, perhaps. Well, as of right now, from what I've seen and what I've read of the district's social media policy, um, this person in question would be in violation of that. Yes, but their inclination in terms of uh, city politics, town politics, and school system politics. What they want to do is cover these things up and make sure they don't become a story. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, Middletown's a professional at that. They like to sweep things under the rug. So how do we not let them get away with that? What should we do? We have to keep it going. We have to keep this information as public as possible and get more people involved to stand up for, for not only the teachers but the kids. I mean, this woman's basically... Saying, hey, kids, I don't, I don't care if you go to class or not. Well, this is the big problem we've got now is that the kids and the adults seem to be merged into a single entity. 
Yeah. Yep. It's gross. Yep. And the, so, and the grading system that they have there doesn't help matters at all. Um, what's the grading can, system? Tell me quick. So quickly, you could basically show up to class, not do a thing, get a 50, and then take your final and pass. Okay, so they're encouraging kids not to do the work. Bill, keep me posted by email, todd at toddtalk.com, todd at toddtalk.com. Thanks so much for the call. 860-522-9842. If you have information on the Middletown school situation, let me know, todd at toddtalk.com. More coming up after news on WTIC. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. If you have a smart speaker and you're not using it to listen to WTIC News Talk 1080, then what exactly are you using it for? WTIC, good afternoon. Thursday, beautiful day. Exciting time of year. So much going on. An election coming up. And joining us right now, a cool guest who I don't think we've spoken to before. Don Walsh is here from Cheshire's Lights of Hope, which has raised over a million dollars over the last uh, 15, 16 years or so. And I believe is winding down to hand off its activities to uh, someone else. So Don Walsh is here to tell us about that. Hello, Don. Hi, Todd. Thanks for having us. Um, Have I introduced yeah, so, you correctly? What was that? Have I introduced you correctly? Did I make a mistake yet? Yeah, you, the, the only thing you, you you did not get right was we will not be handing it off to anybody. <laughs> um, You're just winding it down. We're winding it down, yes. Um, we started, we started uh, kind of like a mustard seed. You know, we started on our street. 18 years ago to have a little luminary event at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. And for two years we did that. And then um, when the Pettit tragedy happened in our town, we, my wife and I were looking for a way to pull this town together because it affected all of us who lived here. And uh, we decided we were going to try this luminary event that worked on our street to unite our neighborhood. What does that mean? Luminary event? Well, a luminary event is basically, it's a simple thing. It's a candle put inside of a cup, put inside mm-hmm. of a bag with sand on it, and you put it along the street in front of your home. And if every neighbor does it, when you at night when you drive up the street, and if it's lit up on both sides, it's just a beautiful vision of, uh, you know, it, it was our way of bringing light into a dark period of our town. Yeah, so and, it's a, a po- powerful community spirit expression, huh? Absolutely. And that's what we, we wanted to do. And I, I feel we accomplished that. But then 
after the first year when we raised all the money for the Pettit Family Foundation, or actually it was for the um, for the MS fund, uh, fund that they had set mm-hmm. up with the Multiple Sclerosis Society, um, we decided we wanted to focus more on helping our neighbors in our town of Cheshire. Um, so for the past 14 years or so, we've been donating the funds we raised to our local food pantry and uh, our youth and social services. And, and one of the unique things which I love is we give two scholarships for $2,000 a piece to high school students. And it's not based on, you know, how smart they are or if they need their needs. It's based on the volunteer work they do within their community. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's, it's kind of, you know, the smart kids are always going to get the scholarships, you know, and, and you know, having not been one of those smart kids <laughs> when I was growing up, I yeah. felt, you know, what about the scholarship for people who, who, who like to give of their time and work hard? And, and it's amazing the young people in our town who have really grasped our event and many other um, charitable works that they do in our town. So what's going on? Why the why the winding down? It sounds like you've got such a wonderful event. It it it, it is. It's it's a wonderful event. Um, and part of the thing is, I I started a new business three years ago in town here, and um, that's taking up a lot of my time. Um, after working for a company for thirty seven years, I decided to go out on my own. Which, Congratulations. Uh, thank you. And my wife. Um, has multiple sclerosis so um you know she she she's uh you know i i don't like to call her disabled because if anybody who knows her will say she does more work than most able-bodied people but mm-hmm. um you know it, it it takes a toll on both of us um on, on top of that i serve on the town council here in cheshire so that takes up a lot of my time so you've well. got plenty going on we're talking to don walsh president of cheshire's lights of hope so what what's the game plan right now well on november 12th um we will uh hopefully light the town up with over fifty thousand luminaries Yikes. around town um there are it, it's it's a wonderful event if you have never driven through uh cheshire the night of our uh luminary event it you could see lights if you go down route 10 you know we we have we light a section called the mile of hope that goes right down the center of our town and we have over 100 volunteers who will help us with that. That's um, wonderful. Uh, Cheshire Academy, um, they they are putting out over 4,500 luminaries. Um, St. Bridget of Sweden Parish will be putting out over 2,000 luminaries. And they all need volunteers to do this. So they, they get volunteers to do this, and we're raising money to help our neighbors. And, and that's really what our logo is, is neighbors helping neighbors. So what do you want from people? Is there something? Well, are you, you well, looking to are, collect money we are, still? Yeah, we, we, are, we are selling luminaries. Um, on the day of the event, we will be selling them on the church green in the center of Cheshire, um, also at R.W. Hines Hardware. Um, if they can go onto our website at Cheshire's, with an S, lightsofhope.com, they could purchase luminaries online and pick them up on the day of the event. Or they can make a donation straight to uh, to our organization, and we are a fully volunteer organization, and all the money basically is staying within our community. Okay, so the the event is taking place on November twelfth. Is that what you said? Yes, it is. And that's this is the last one after seventeen years. Yeah, well, I, this is this will be our eighteenth event. Yes. Okay. 
that's you know it's a, it's kind of sad and it's it kind of wonderful at the same time it's a, it's a very uh rich i think sort of sensation that you're creating here where you've well, and it's it is bittersweet for my wife and i um you know, we we were hoping that we could have some kind of succession plan with it but it, it is a lot of work it's it's a it's a it's a big commitment to anybody who wants to take it over and and we we did talk to a couple of people who were somewhat interested but they don't realize the amount of work and we said if we went through and turned it over to somebody else either it's going to fail or we're never going to get out of it because we'll be getting calls every other day saying how did you do this how did you do that and and not to be you know egotistical about it but it's kind of like owning your own business and you know you don't want to turn it over to somebody else if they're not familiar with what you do but you know what nothing says that things have to last forever you know eight, 18 times is a lot of times and that's that's a good run and you know you've had such a unique experience in entrepreneurship even though you've just started your own business this is like a business and it's been going on for a long time what would you say to people everybody I think struggles or a lot of people we get calls from people here frustrated about politics and they say you know what can I do to change things and, and you've done something where you and your wife created change and right. what would you say to people who wonder about how to be effective more effective as a citizen well when my wife and I got married in 1996 we never felt like we would ever be fundraisers uh, but she was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis when she was pregnant with my daughter in 1998 and we didn't know what you could do because there was nothing to do. There's no cure for this disease. So we said, well, let's try to raise money. Maybe we can find a cure because who knows if it's hereditary or not. Maybe we could help somebody. And um, besides the $1.1 million we've raised with Lights of Hope, my wife and I have also raised over $400,000 for the Connecticut chapter of the EMS Society mm -hmm. just through contacting our friends and neighbors and asking them, hey, you want to participate in this walk? And then we started a beer tasting event uh, 17 years ago, 18 years ago, and made raised a lot of money doing that. So, I mean, don't be afraid to to just reach out to your friends because you'll be surprised at how many friends and, and relatives who will step up and help you if you have an idea. Yeah, especially when you have a specific action they can take that's very clean and easy. All they have to do is write a check. Absolutely. I mean, sometimes it's easy to easier to write a check than to volunteer, mm -hmm. but you know the volunteers that we need volunteers all the time and and this is one of the things that i love with with our event because we're teaching the young people uh how to be volunteers in their community and how to give back to their community when they're young so that when they become adults they they, they already done this they know what to do um and it's amazing to see you know we have a the, the kids started a club at the cheshire high school and it's one of the largest clubs at the high school. And what's unique about it is the outgoing officers who are graduating will interview officers for the next year and choose who's going to be the next officers based on what, how they feel, how hard they would work, and if they really want to do this. And it's, it's great to see that. That's wonderful. It's such a nice story, and I appreciate you sharing us with it. The oh. charity is called Cheshire's Lights of Hope. The event is coming up on November 12th, I think you said, Don, right? And we're, yes, it our, is. Our, yep. our guest has been Don Walsh, the president of Cheshire's Lights of Hope. So if you just Google it or 
Type in CheshireLightsOfHope.com. You can find, find the website. And is there a place there people can donate? Absolutely. There's a donate button you can click on and donate, and we would take all donations we can because one one thing we're concerned about is the charities that we've been given to for the last you know 14 years. What are they going to do next year? We're trying to give them as much money as we can this year. Don Walsh, anything else you want us to know? No, that's all. I appreciate the time, Todd. Thank you so much for taking the time to fill us in, and thanks for all the hard work you've done. Thank you. I appreciate it. All righty. It's fun to meet people who have done unique things and are doing unique things and are skilled at impacting the community. Because I think a lot of us wonder, you know, all I do is talk. And that's pretty easy compared to having to organize, to conceptualize an idea and organize it and and then implement it. That's a tough thing to do. And to have an 18-year run, that's pretty awesome, too. So our thanks to Don Walsh for being here. We're going to pause briefly. And uh, then we got more talking to do. Stay with us on WTIC. Now, back to the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Well, I heard about another bizarre thing. Keeping track of all the left's attempts to, to uh, attack our culture. Somebody described it earlier as a, well, I forget the exact language, but basically a way to um, frustrate us and confuse us and, send us off track in terms of losing our sense of cultural identity, I guess. So somebody sent me this, an, acknowledge, uh, an acknowledgement of the National Day of Mourning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, mourning, like you mourn the loss of somebody, you mourn a tragedy. This is, uh, this is about Thanksgiving as a day of mourning. Native Americans recognize what we call Thanksgiving as the National Day of Mourning to pay respect for those who were lost to disease and violence inflicted by the Europeans who settled in the Americas. So let's start by changing our attention from celebration to a day of reflection and reparation. Reparation. Learn more information about how to attend the National Day of Mourning at the United American Indians New England website. Have you ever heard about that one before? We're supposed to feel guilty about Thanksgiving. This uh, this injection of cultural guilt, of his, historical guilt, into everything we do is just bizarre and over-the-top and destructive. America is the giver of gifts to those who reside here. America as a purveyor of freedom, as a vehicle that transmits freedom, not just to those of, of, of us who live here, but also to other countries around the world, provides, well, let me put it this way. People complain about poverty and say, oh, there's so many poor people. How do poor people get out of poverty? You've got to turn money over to the government. You've got to give the, the government more money so the government can use that money to get rid of poverty. But the money, the, the government isn't the thing that eliminates poverty. The thing that eliminates poverty is freedom. If government eliminated poverty, well, every country has government. The poverty would be eliminated. And, and we're the richest country on the face of the earth, and we spend fortunes, fortunes on government. But government doesn't use the money. They come back every year making the same arguments. Oh, we need more because uh, health care. 
is too expensive and uh, too many people can't afford health care. Well, you've been socializing health care for the past 50 years. When I was going to Tufts University in the 1970s, Ted Kennedy came and spoke about how badly we need universal health care. They've been doing this since then and beyond. But guess what? They don't actually propose anything. You know how they're talking about this um, this uh, uh, Inflation Reduction Act or whatever you call that thing they passed a few months ago? This thing is a hoax. And the, and the element in there that is supposed to uh, provide a cap on pharmaceuticals is a hoax. Just type into Google for, a, for a, a story on how this pharmaceutical plan is supposed to reduce the cost. First of all, they don't reduce the price. When they say they're doing something to reduce the price, they're not reducing the price or the cost. They're sending certain of their voters money so that so that the net cost will be less to those voters. But they're not doing anything that effectively reduces the cost. As a matter of fact, the things they do increase the cost and that's why we've got so much inflation because the government causing debt the government causing the fed to have to finagle the economy sucks money out of the economy and causes inflation the way to make sure the middle class never succeeds is to keep expanding the government Everything they say is garbage designed to trick you to hand over your money. Rest assured that the end of the middle class is tied directly to the expansion of big government. So when they say they need your money because they're going to make everything better, when they say, oh, you'll be so much better off when they guarantee you two weeks of, of medical leave, well, that costs money. That means money is being transferred out of our pockets into the pockets of the government. The government wants all the money. The founders were correct that it was dangerous. They were scared to death of creating a government because they knew it could be economic disaster for us, and they were right. They built every safeguard in they could to make sure we had a permanent small government, and what do we have? We have a big, crushing, burdensome, communist-style government. 860-522-9842. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.